Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie, and I'm excited to be with you this afternoon for another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today, I have three friends joining me. Alisa Morgan is our main guest today. She'll be here in just a few minutes to share about her new book, She Did What She Could, and I'm excited to talk to her about that before she comes on. And of course, most of you maybe know that um, Alisa Morgan was the, is the founder of MOPS and was the president of MOPS for many years. She's now the president emerita of MOPS. And before she comes on, we're going to have a little interview with Jennifer Jivin. She is a MOPS speaker coordinator who's got some great insights for us, for speakers, for speaker coordinators at MOPS Groups. And then after Elisa, we're going to interview Lori Harton, who is a speech connector for Stonecross Ministries. This is a continuation of our previous program that is training for speakers and speaker coordinators for MOPS and Stonecross. So let's get going with Jennifer right now. Well, right now I'd like to introduce you to Jennifer Jiven. She is the coordinator of the MOPS group in Sun Valley Community Church in Gilbert, Arizona. She's been involved with MOPS since she was a child, and her mom brought her to MOPS, and now she's been involved uh, with MOPS as an adult for nine years, attending three different groups due to having moved out of state. And she's here to share with us some of her favorite strategies as a MOPS coordinator for working with speakers as well as helping speakers understand how to work with MOPS. So welcome to you, Jennifer. Hi, Marnie. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited that you could be here because I know that you have some good insights for both MOPS coordinators and for the speakers themselves. And I want to just dive right in because I know we don't have a ton of time here. But um, first of all, maybe can you just share some of your own favorite strategies for finding speakers? Like maybe before I even have you do that, let's just back up for one moment. And just tell me from your own heart or words, you know, does the speaker really matter? Does it make a difference? It makes a huge, huge, huge difference. I have to tell you, this is my third MOPS group. When I moved to Washington, um, I first joined a MOPS group, and it was awesome. I mean, there were different speakers all the time and a huge, huge, huge group. It was such uh, an exciting, um, fun, upbeat atmosphere. And then I ended up switching MOPS groups because the church that I attended um, regularly, I wanted to get involved with their group there. And that's actually been a key factor in the church that I decide to go to is do they have mm-hmm. a MOPS group because I think it's that important. Um, but so so the church that I really got involved in and on steering team, I, would, I was not coordinated there, but um, we would have the same speaker every single time. And so... I would have ladies, I was a table leader, actually tell me, I'm switching to this other MOPS group because they have such great speakers. They have a you know, different variety. It, they're always changing it up. I'm learning something new all the time. And so that would be a reason that they would actually leave mm. the MOPS group I was part of leadership on. So, so it makes a huge difference, huge impact. We're all in it together, and I believe that we need to network. So that's one of the ways I would suggest to find speakers is network with each other, network with 
women's ministry leaders that you know, other MOPS coordinators in your area, get to know each other and figure out who they've had and who they loved and invite them over to your group too. Um, Another way is um, womenspeakers.com. I found a lot of great speakers on there when, when, uh, the people that I know and the people that they know run out. I go, I go to <laughs> onespeakers.com and I, and I start um, pursuing people on there that I think it looks like they have a good story and we connect and I figure out what they're all about. And I ask them questions and find out if they're a good fit for us. And if they are, then I invite them to come and share with our group. You know, and I just want to, I just want to say something too for you speakers who are listening it is always going to be this way. I've never heard of anybody who starts at womenspeakers.com and then goes to their most recommended speaker list. That isn't how it works. It always works that if there's someone that they've heard about word of mouth or someone that um, they know personally or just spoke at their aunt's church or whatever it is, they're going to always invite that person first. And then, like you said, Jennifer, sometimes you run out, that list runs dry or runs short and uh, possibly it's because of a topic or possibly because of a date or whatever, and you have to look somewhere else. That's when people come to womenspeakers.com. And so I'm, I'm excited that you have found that helpful because I think that's why we're here. Yeah, it's been very helpful. Oh, good, good, good. And then, you know, you talk, too, about just tapping into everybody that you know. <laughs> and uh, that, that's just we are like that as humans. That's, that's how God made body life. You know, we're much more likely – to invite someone that we know or someone that we know has been referred by somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. I think it's like a comfort zone. It's a safety it is. net mm-hmm. knowing, okay, mm-hmm. so-and-so knows this person, and they they say that they're good, and so it's more comfortable to go a route that seems safe and familiar. But a lot of times my best speakers I've had have been people that I don't know at all. They're professional mm-hmm. speakers. They, that's their passion and their heart, and they do it regularly. And honestly, those have been my best speakers. Mm, awesome. Great input there. Okay, so what are your favorite, uh, some of the favorite things that speakers have done in your group? What have you seen people do that maybe stand out for you? Well, I just had a meeting with my leadership team yesterday, actually, and we were going over our favorite meetings for the year. And I asked, who is your favorite speaker? And we had this lady who is an author of Beautiful After Baby, and she talks to women about how to look professional and um, how to put your best foot forward as far as your appearance goes. And she would pull people up on stage. She would wrap a scarf around them, put a belt around them, tell them how they could wear what they had on a little bit differently. And she did example after example. The women loved that, just getting involved. Anytime you can ask them a question and and throw it out there to the audience and have them answer, it keeps people engaged and it keeps them feeling like they're part of Mm -hmm. it too. Mm -hmm. So that's a really great tool. Yeah, I love that. I always think another, Another couple of things are just like, Give them action steps. Whenever you go to speak, you're there for a reason. You want change to happen. You want them to take away something. So give them practical action steps um, or discussion questions to talk about after the speaker's done, if it's appropriate. Or um, give visual aids or a fill-in-the-blank paper that they can just jot notes down on. 
It, anything to keep them engaged is great. Another great thing is just to get the audience laughing. Anytime you can get the audience to laugh, they just love it. I mean, laughter is the best medicine. And anytime that you can get the audience to laugh, it's a good sign. It keeps them engaged and wanting more. Absolutely. I always say you shouldn't ever leave more than three minutes between when you change up something. Either you change the position of where you're standing, you change your vocal significantly, you put something different on a screen, you do something different with the audience, you change their emotion. There should never be more than three minutes. And just think like commercial breaks or something. There should never be more than three uh-huh. minutes. And that's how that's how long our attention spans are now. Uh, three minutes is a long attention span. And so as a speaker, you want to really keep them engaged. Love all of those. Okay, I have a question that speakers ask me all the time. Why don't I get invited back? And um, there's a lot of reasons why people don't invite speakers back. In a moment, Jennifer, I'm going to have you tell us why you ever would invite a speaker back. But for those of you who are speakers who are listening, uh, just what Jennifer said earlier in this interview was that they change it up every time. Well, when you're in the practice of changing it up every time, then you don't have the same speaker back, you know, three times a year or something. That's just not your practice, unless that is your practice. So uh, just know you get one shot. They might have you back, and if they do, that's wonderful. But when you go, just be thinking, this is when I'm here. This is when I have. This is my time. I need to be ready for this one, not be thinking about the next one. (laughs) So Jennifer, having said that, what are some times when you would invite a speaker back? Well, I definitely would invite a speaker back if I know they have more to expand on a previous topic or if they have other information to share that's relevant to our group. Um, We do want diversity. We try not to have the same speaker twice in a mock year. So, So we may have them twice, but we wouldn't have them more than twice in a mock year, even if they're really great. Um, But the main thing is, Do they have more information to share on the same topic, and is that a need? Parenting advice is a huge need in a MOPS group. So whatever, you know, we may have more more speakers on parenting. We may have someone come back who spoke on parenting one time. If they have something to expand, we'll have them back again. It really has nothing to do with how wonderful and amazing the speaker was. It has to do with, the need of the group? Do we need to hear more on that information? Um, Do they have something else that would be really relevant to our group that I just think is something that would really benefit our group? Then we may have them back again. But I definitely invite speakers back year after year. Like, I may not have them again this year, but the following MOPS year, I would invite the same speaker back. Awesome. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. And then what kind of questions should a coordinator ask before actually engaging a speaker? Well, to me, because I'm a MOP coordinator and I work, you know, I volunteer at a church, a person's faith is very important to me. Even if uh, I invite them and they're not talking on anything spiritual at all, I want to make sure that they are a Christian and that their faith is important to them that are following Jesus, that's important to me to know. And then I, I just ask them um, what type of topics they speak on, what they're passionate about, and then I try to figure out if, if that's something 
that would benefit our group. It's kind of my topics that I want to have talked about and is something that they, um, they're an expert in. Yeah. Okay. Good. And then let's talk money for a minute. Okay. <laughs> I know, kind of an uncomfortable. Actually, you guys, that, that was perfect because that was really the normal response when you get to money. Um, money is really touchy. It's, it's hard. Um, if a gal is making a living as a speaker, um, you know, she needs, to, she needs to get paid from at least many of her engagements. And MOPS groups um, aren't typically your, you know, engagements. So uh, with your, and, and of course I'm going to just do this little disclaimer here, Jennifer, this is only for your group. It's only what you're currently doing. And this is yeah. all groups are separate and they make their own decisions. So speakers know that. But Jennifer, for your group, what does your group do with the speakers for money? Well, that has been a tough one for me because <laughs> my heart and passion is the speakers. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't manage the financial budget. So my team, my team would say we don't have a budget for speakers. And so what I have said is, hey, can, if, if we have someone from our church come, we, we don't give them anything. And if we have an outside speaker come, I make it clear we don't have a budget for speakers and you would be surprised how many people would come anyway just uh, because they have a passion for women, they have a passion for God, and they have a passion for whatever it is that's on their heart to share, and they will come anyway. And so especially if they're just starting out, um, if they need to get practice under their belt, if it's within their first, you know, 10 talks, they're willing to do it. And I always give a thank you gift. I give like a $40 gift card to a restaurant. And our, our budget is very small because our child care expenses are very big. So um, it, it's tough because I wish I could bless these speakers with so much more, you know, but it's just not in our budget. And I know that they need to get paid. And, you know, I've had some people say no and some people who are happy to do it. So, Yep, absolutely, absolutely, and and it's just so important to um, have a right expectation. If you go in expecting a big remuneration from a MOPS group, you're probably going to be disappointed most times, but if you go in with a heart that just says, God's taking care of me, I'm going to go, I'm going to share and minister, I'm free that day, um, and I can, then that's going to be a delightful experience for you, and, and God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Okay, yeah. uh, Jennifer, any other advice to mockers or MOPS speaker coordinators? Anything else that's on your heart? Um, as far as speakers go, I do get – I'm a coordinator at a bigger church, so I do get a lot of people pursuing me asking to speak at our group. And I would say if it's on your heart to speak and God has given you a gift in that, be assertive and put yourself out there and ask. Ask and try to line up um, some opportunities for yourself. And the more um, – if you're just starting out, you know, you're going to build confidence, more doors will open, and you will eventually get engagements that will be able to pay you. So just keep it up, and um, God will take care of you. I think there's a couple things that are bubbling to my thoughts right here before we close this part of the program off. But one of them is that 
if you go and you really sow what God's put in your heart to this group and you give it your best effort as a speaker, you never know. You never know which women in this group um, are also involved in something else um, that needs a speaker or know someone who's looking for a good speaker and she just heard you. Or I mean, it's amazing how God coordinates all these things. And if your heart is to share what he's put on your heart, then he will take care of you and he'll open the other doors. The other thing is some MOPS groups um, allow, like if you've written a book or something like that, I know a lot of MOPS groups allow you to have a table, a book table, um, and to actually sell your sell your books there. Uh, Jennifer, do you guys do that? Yes, we do. Okay. We, yeah. also, we also have a website, and if there's any way we can promote them, we promote mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So there's a lot of great stuff here, both if you're a MOPS coordinator or else if you're a speaker who wants to speak for MOPS. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Marnie. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Okay, well, you have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll be right back. Thanks. planning an event for women or maybe you would like to attend an event for women but you don't know where to find them. If you go over to womensevents.info, which is a subdomain again of .com, but it's called womensevents.info, you will find all of the major upcoming women's events, including Beth Moore, Women's Faith, all kinds of different events there. And you are welcome to add your own Christian women's event at that site. There's usually a per event cost or else a per month cost, and you can do unlimited per month or a year unlimited or lifetime unlimited. Or if you just join the mentorship program at Marnie.com with the shop button at the top right of the Marnie.com page, you are going to get all of that <laughs> included. You can enter all of your events there. So check it out at womensevents.info. 21 day wins. I love these. These occur most months of the year. The only time I don't do a 21 day win group coaching is if I will be traveling more than two of the three coaching sessions in the month. So if you want to break a habit, replace a bad habit with a good one or start a new habit, or if you want to complete a project and you'd like some help. So maybe this is something you've been trying to do for a while and you'd like to really get it done this month. You just go over to Marnie.com and under events, pick live and upcoming events and you can register for a 21-day win there. You can pay for that monthly. You can pay for it for life and get in as many as you want. Or you can just join the mentorship program at the shop button at the top of any page at Marnie.com and members get in free always. It includes a workbook as well as the weekly group coaching over at a private Facebook page. So hope you'll join us for an upcoming 21-day win. And if you are listening live right now, today is the last day to register for the June 2014 21-day win. And you are welcome to do that over at marty.com under the events tab, live and upcoming events. You'll find everything you need there. So exciting. These are always so much fun. And I'm always excited to see what I get to accomplish every month and what you guys are getting done too. It's a great time to work together. See the break habits, accomplish a goal, or complete a task. Do the big project. Well, our next guest today is Lisa Morgan. And, of course, many of you are familiar with Lisa. She was named by Christianity Today as one of the top 50 women influencing today's church and culture and is one of today's most sought-after authors, speakers, and leaders. She's written more than 15 books on mothering, 
spiritual formation and evangelism, including the book we're going to talk about today. She did what she did, Five Words of Jesus That Will Change Your Life, plus the NIV Mom's Devotional Bible and most of the nationally syndicated radio talk show, Discovering the Word. That's at discovertheword.org. For 20 years, Elisa was the CEO of Mops International, and Mops, under her leadership, grew from 350 to over 4,000 groups in the United States and in 30 other countries, influencing over 100,000 moms every year. She now serves as President Emerita, and she is here today to talk with us about her new book, She Did What She Could. Welcome to you, Alyssa. Hey there. So good to be with you, Marnie, and everybody, and it's so fun to hear all the mops chat going on. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is our second program. Last week we spent the whole program talking about how speakers and um, speaker coordinators for MOPS and Stonecrust could work together and we're kind of completing that today and we're kind of speaking you in the middle here as well as we'll go ahead and put this interview over at BibleStudyExpo.com because actually this book that you've written called She Did What She Could is a Bible study as well. We're going to talk about that and we're going to add this interview over there. So gals looking for Bible study for their group can find that over at BibleStudyExpo.com. You have written several books, actually, over the years. You've written um, the What Every Mom Needs, 12 Women of the Bible. You helped Lisa Turkhurst and uh, other girls with that one, the Mom's Devotional Bible. Also, The Beauty of Broken. When you were writing, she did what she could. Who did you have in mind as a reader? And um, what, what was your heart's message, if you could just sum that all up in, in one paragraph? Absolutely. It's me, 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 and you, 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 you. <laughs> because, you know, I think, I think we all just live under this perpetual feeling of not enoughness. There's just not enough of me. And I feel so bad about that, that I don't make this enormous difference with my life. And in the years of leading moms, I think especially moms of preschoolers struggle with this because you're so caught up in wiping mouths and bottoms and countertops, hopefully not in that order. And you just think, oh, my goodness, I'm not doing anything with my life. And I was making a journey through what I call the girl stories in the Gospels where a woman is the central character. And it's stunning how many stories like this there are. But I, I just absolutely slammed on my brakes when I hit Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 9, the story of Mary of Bethany. And she, you know, anointed Jesus with this very expensive perfume. And how many times had I heard this story? And I thought, oh, my, I can't do that either. But I was struck by Jesus' five Mm. words in response. He didn't say she did all she could. He said she did what she could. Mary anointed Jesus' body before he went to the cross, before he died, in a moment when that gesture could be received. And I think there's something in those five words that frees us to understand who Jesus is and and that he loves us and to love him back in the small and the large ways in life. Mm, I just love that. And this is such a, a message that's near and dear to my heart, too. I, I define busy as B-U-S-Y, best unique strategies for you because there's no two lives alike and there's mm-hmm. no, two, no two people that Jesus is asking the same exact thing of. It's completely unique for you and that's, that's the, heart of, the heart of it is to figure out who you are in Christ and do what he's asked you to do, what he's put in your heart to do. We're going to spend a few minutes a moment. We're going to go ahead through the first the 
part one of the book, which is uh, she did what she could, dissecting it kind of down into each word. And talk a little bit about the importance of each word of that phrase. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, maybe just talk to the Bible study leader or possibly mm-hmm. the individual who's thinking about doing this study, but specifically the Bible study leader who says, you know, if I were to take my group through this book, how, how would I do it? How many weeks would it take? What would it look like? Yeah, the, the study guide that goes along with She Did What She Could, the little hardback trade book, is a six-week session Bible study. So that's very doable. It doesn't follow exactly chapter by chapter, which I kind of like. So you actually need to do both, and you get a little bit more out of it that way. I have a downloadable walkthrough that shows you how to weave the two um, books together, and I'm happy to send that to anybody who just responds to elisamorgan.com and, or shedidwhatyoucould.com, and, and I'll send that to you. But what's so fun about this is that it applies at both the very personal level for every woman, no matter where she is. She wants to make a difference with her life, and she's probably struggling with the guilt of not doing more. It's great individually, but it's also superb for a group because we have a way of diminishing shame and guilt when we come together and speak the truth to each other. And then as each of us brings what we can do, as you just said, Marnie, then we, we multiply our offering. You know, It goes to the nth degree because it's multiplied and it's accelerated and it's extrapolated. And I love that because you plus me equals we. And so when I do what I could and you do what you could, and we do what we could, we could make an amazing difference in our world, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our churches. Just mm-hmm. yeah, if, if somebody was going to actually do it all, and um, I see that, I, for you listeners, I see that our, our dashboard has dropped a little bit. Line, so we're going to get for just a moment to call right back in, you guys. We're going to pick this up in just a second. Give us a moment to get this figured out. We'll be right. As the web hostess of WomenSpeakers.com, which is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, connecting over 1,700 speakers with thousands of women's ministry leaders who come to the site to find speakers from upcoming events, it is my great joy and honor to welcome you if you are a Christian woman who is a speaker who is ready to go share a story or a message with different groups, you come on over and join over there. You can get a free listing, which is a text-only listing, or you can pay for a full-page profile. Of course, if you have the full page it's going to get more attention than if you have the texting but either way join us over at womenspeakers.com well this is marnie and welcome back we um, kind of lost our guest there for a moment but i see she's back here alicia can you hear me i'm back yes very good <laughs> apologize for that what was my last word i'll pick it right back up <laughs> Actually, we were going to talk. We were going to talk next about if a gal is going to um, actually do the work of this. She wants to read the book and she wants to do the workbook for her group Bible study um, get together. How long do you think she'd need to spend? Is it daily or weekly in order to do that? Oh, I am so low key. Um, so it, it's it's going to be weekly. Um, I just feel like women. I mean, we can all do best more studies and grow, and I love that. But lots of times we need something a little bit more bite sized. This 
is a bite-sized um, opportunity. So I think if she just weekly goes through, maybe reads the particular chapters, they're very short chapters, they're very practical, and they're very personal. So you're hearing my voice as you're reading. And then spends, you know, maybe, oh gosh, 10 minutes, uh, maybe three times a week in the, in the workbook section, in the study guide section, that's going to be plenty for her. That's awesome. And I know that, you know, all of the different planners are looking for different things. They're looking for things that fit their group. And a lot of the big churches have different sets for different um, stages of women's, you know, availability, some that are very intense all the way, some that are very light. That's good to know. Awesome. Okay, well, let's go ahead and spend the next few minutes talking about the actual she did what she could. And let's start with the word she. Just give us us some insight into why that word is important. Well, I think it's amazing because God chose a girl. God chose a girl to to make this statement about um, Mary of Bethany is the sister of hardworking Martha and, and up from the grave Lazarus. And here she is in this crazy season just a few weeks before Jesus goes into Jerusalem and he's hailed as king of the Jews, and not just a few days before that, and just a few weeks before his death on the cross for all mankind, humankind. And in this juncture of human history, God chooses a girl to pair with the telling of the gospel. What's so beautiful about this story, and it is familiar, but in in verse 8 where Jesus says she did what she could, and then in verse 9, I tell you the truth, she's done a beautiful thing. She anointed my body before my death. I tell you the truth, every time the gospel is preached, what she has done will be proclaimed in memory of her. So I think it's phenomenal that God chose a girl to pair with the gospel for all time to come. That yeah, would be the first just... word, the she word. Yeah. And so, so I, I think so... we all can see ourselves in her skin. It's so cool too because um he didn't pick he didn't pick loving him and trying mm-hmm. to get to know him. And she's just mm-hmm. pouring out her heart the best she knew how. And she actually got some grief for that. Um but not she did from get him. some grief. That's right, mm-hmm. but not from him. I mean, everybody kind of hurled insults at her, beginning with Judas, who ends up denying Christ, you know, for, for 30 denarii. And here Mary had invested this very expensive nard, which was really worth 300 denarii, quite a comparison. But And you know what's cool about this, too? If you look at the word she did what she could, within that word you can also see the word he did what he could because all scripture is for both genders we women are very used to translating male stories of david and goliath etc we 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 get that but this story is told first person girl to girl i love that yep okay yes that's awesome talk to us about the word did she did what she could she she did she got up and acted she didn't just think about what she could do she acted there was a nowness to her investment, truly because this was a moment when, when Jesus was before what he was going to encounter for the cross, you imagine that, you know, she kind of thought through her options and she settled on this very important moment when it, the gift would give to him and it would mean so much to him. I love it that she didn't just put it off and think, well, I'll do that sometime, but she gets up and immediately acts. She takes this jar of expensive aromatic oil and anoints Jesus in a moment when he can receive it. Yeah. I was thinking about the nowness when you said that, too, about how 
a lot of times we'll save something that's valuable for us for later. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes it's in, it's in our heart to act now. We just got to do that, even though she didn't know what she was doing. I don't. I don't believe she knew what she was doing. I don't um, think she totally understood it. Yeah. I don't think. I think she she had a clue though, and we'll talk about that. The, the third word is the word what. She did what she could, and and the what that she chooses is really significant. I mean, I kind of imagine her. Here she is. It's a dinner. The the disciples are all there. Lots of followers of Christ are there, and she thinks, well, what can I do to make this extra special for him tonight? And you know, maybe she thought about reading a poem. Or, or singing a song or doing a dance or whatever, but she must have settled on this gift of nard. Um, nard was a, a rose-red aromatic oil derivative from the spike nard plant that was very expensive and grown in India in those days. And we're told that it was worth about a year's wages, so about 300 denarii. And a really valuable aromatic essence like this was transported in a very valuable container and this was made of marble or alabaster and the only way to access it was to break this long necked stopper open and pour out the contents and whatever wasn't invested in that one setting really would be wasted because you can't restopper it back in those days so it was a very lavish gift it it was kind of like we're in sequence to a picnic or something but she settled on this what and i think it's really important that we don't go gaga and think she gave the most expensive thing and that's why jesus praised her i don't think that's it i think it's more that she acted and that she acted out of understanding that there was something unique that she could do in that moment. And that goes into the fourth word. She did what she could. And so, yes, God chose a girl for the gospel, but this specific girl is, is a girl who had a relationship with Jesus. We watch her sitting at his feet while Martha is cooking, and that was radical in those days for a woman to learn from a rabbi And Jesus not only welcomed her, he praised her for doing the most important thing. So she was taught by him. And we also know that in the story where Lazarus died, Mary doubted. She said, Jesus, if you had come, my brother would not be dead. She struggled with who he was and what power he had. And as she watched Jesus raise her brother from the dead, I really do think, Marnie, that she got it. I think Mary understood that Jesus was the Messiah. I think she Mm -hmm. understood what he was going to be doing for her. And this she is a matter she gave out of the context of a relationship with him. And and I kind of feel like this is a gift that kind of kept on giving for him. You know, as he walked up the the hill to to Golgotha and as he was nailed to the cross and his head dipped, this was just several days later. And in New Testament times, folks didn't bathe that often. You know, didn't that gift of Nard give back to him again, saying, somebody on this planet understands in this moment what you're doing, Jesus, as you feel abandoned, even by your heavenly Father. Someone at the foot of this cross gets this. It's so cool. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it powerful? As you were talking about, the last word is "could," and it just—it's—it's a matter of, again, the action. It's the putting it into practice. It's—it's what was within her hands. You know, I don't think honestly Judas could have anointed him. (laughs) I'm not sure Peter could have. This was something unique 
for Mary. And many times, you know, taking this, she did what she could, these five words and stringing them together. That's how God invites you and me to make a difference in our world. Not all we could, but with what he has placed in our hands, in the moment he has placed it, in a relationship with him, he invites us to live that out in what we do. So beautiful. Well, this is Marnie, and I've been interviewing today Elisa Morgan. Her website is elisamorgan.com, and her new book, well, it's not so new, Elisa. It came out a few months ago, um, a little while ago, but her, her book is She Did What She Could, the workbook for Bible studies. And again, if you contact her, she can get you the, um, uh, was it like a, a diagram or a breakout of how to go through it? What was it, Elisa, that you had offered earlier? Yeah, I have a download, yes. It breaks out how you can put the two books together. It's pretty self-explanatory just if you have the two books. But if you want an extra help, I'm so happy to provide that for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's, it's great to have you here and so appreciate all that you've done for women, for mops, and for us. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you, Marty. Take care, all of you listening. Okay. Bye-bye. Let's talk boot camps. I offer the boot camps live at one point during the year, and then after that, between times, members are able to access the archive of the webinar as well as the notes, and usually it's like a mini workbook that goes with these. They're usually about two hours long. They range everything from the summer planning boot camp, which is going to help you to get the most out of your summer to really plan ahead so that you can enjoy your summer to the max, to the hassle-free holiday boot camp, which helps you to plan in October or November how to get the most out of your holidays. That's a lot of times you get so overwhelmed with everything there is to do that you miss the fun of it. So that's the holiday boot camp. There's a life balance boot camp. We've got event planning boot camps, all kinds of stuff going on. You can purchase the tickets to these separately or if you're a member of Marnie.com, you always get in free to anything that I offer through Marnie.com. It's an online boot camp. So you can check that out by clicking the shop button at the top right of any page at Marnie.com. Well, hi, and welcome back. This is Marnie, and our next guest today is Lori Harton of Stonecast. But before we go on, uh, we were having a little bit of te- technical difficulty with Elisa, and I'm so grateful that we could get her back on the air, but she's having a little hard time hearing me. And there was something that she had said that I just wanted to follow up on really quick when she was talking about she did what she could and the what part of that, how she had, you know, given this awesome alabaster jar full of nards and I was thinking as she was talking about that, about how she gave because she did what she could. But in her, in her doing what she could, she, she picked something that there was no going back, that she was all in, that there was really no way to you know, put the alabaster back in the jar if it wasn't received. And, you know, sometimes I think that we get a little nervous about going all in with Jesus, like we want to, but we're scared to, but we want to, and... And I think about the illustration of when they were by, um, building the um, the Brooklyn Bridge and it wasn't the Brooklyn Bridge, I'm sorry, uh, California Bridge, I can't remember the name of it right now. And they were having the work was slowing nearly to a fall because the men were so scared. The three men had already fallen to their death and the guys were just terrified to go out there and work on it because they were afraid they were going to be mad. And what they did is they invested at the time, it was about $50,000, which then was a ton of money. And they invested huge nets that would go under the bridge as the men worked, so that if they fell, there was a net that would catch them. And some of them actually did fall, but more importantly, when they 
were working. They had this safety net underneath them, and the work went so quickly once the net was done that they still came in on the project ahead of schedule just because they had put the safety net up. My point in sharing this right now is just because Jesus is that safety net for us, and it's okay for us to relax and to go for it even if we make a mistake. Even if we fall off the bridge that we're working on, there is a safety net that will catch us. And we should just give it our all, give it our best, go for it with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and let Jesus take care of the results. And so I love uh, I love Alyssa Morgan. I love everything she's done, and I hope that you guys will check out her book, She Did What She Could. Okay, let's introduce our next guest, Lori Hart. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I we're so excited to have you with us this afternoon. And our next guest is Lori Hart, and she's one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com, but she's also a Stonecroft Ministries speaker and has been for a few years. Not only that, Lori is also a Stonecroft speaker consultant. So she works with the trainers, she works with the speakers, and also with the divisional field directors at Stonecroft to help make sure that the speakers are ready to go for the Stonecroft ministry leaders who are seeking speakers. And I'm so excited to have you here, Lori. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Marnie. Lori, you've been speaking with Stonecroft for three years, and how is it that you actually got started doing that? I actually got started uh, by, I located a local Stonecroft club that meets every month in the Sacramento region of California. And I went there to talk to somebody about speaking for Stonecroft and got involved with the club, the local club, and began to work with them to plan events and that sort of thing. And at that point inquired about speaking for Stonecroft. And they directed me into the area of finding a a regional speaker trainer and got that process started that way. Okay. And with Stonecroft, like we mentioned earlier, there are some specific things that you need to do. You can't just say, I want to speak for you, call me. Uh, you have to, there's a little process that you have to go through there. And the starting place then is either at the website or to go to a local group or to find out who your regional director is. Is that correct? Yes. There's actually a couple of ways, and there is a process. You can you go to stonecroft.org, and there is a couple of ways that you can get started. One of the fastest and quickest ways would be to go to stonecroft.org, and on the volunteer tab, there is something called an easy group finder. And you can look up your state and your general area, and they will give you a list of clubs that may be meeting. And I recommend that because it's a great way to get involved uh, with at the local level and get a little bit of the flavor of how a Stonecroft luncheon may run. The other thing that you can do is, again, go to stonecroft.org slash speakers, and there's a whole description on how to get started for speaking for Stonecroft. Um, there is an approval process. They will point you into the direction of what is known as a regional speaker trainer and or Stonecroft speaker consultant like myself who will begin to work with you to develop a Stonecroft-approved story. Awesome. Okay, and then once a speaker has been approved with Stonecroft, and okay, now we've gone through the, the different training levels and we've submitted the paperwork and all that. Now, once into that database of approved speakers, what happens? Like how do you get found or how do you, do you go ahead and contact additional groups or how does that go after that? What happens is once you become approved to speak for Stonecroft, that regional speaker trainer or Stonecroft speaker consultant maintains a database for that region or that area which she is responsible for. And what we do is 
periodically as those, those lists, the database becomes updated or added to, we get that information out to what is the, to the club chairpersons and let them know that there's a new Stonecroft speaker on our database that's approved to speak at the clubs. And so we take care of making sure that that exposure and that update is provided to the clubs. We ask the speakers to not personally contact each of the different clubs. And then what happens after that is the Stonecroft speaker consultants and the regional speaker trainers talk to each other. And if that approved speaker, if her story is, some, is a story that can be shared successfully in another region, um, we will share that information with the, other, with the other regional speaker trainer or the Stonecroft speaker consultant. Um, generally, your first approval level is for the region that you live in or that you've trained for. Um, each of us as Stonecroft speaker consultants know our clubs well enough to know which type of speaker will work best for that club. Um, some, are, some clubs are very rural, and there's a certain type of talk that's developed for that kind of audience. Um, in my particular case, I live in the Sacramento region of California, so I have many clubs, and they're all very diverse. So I have the, I guess, the opportunity and the blessing to maybe have um, a wider uh, a range of speakers, um, anything from rural to the inner city and urban type of audience. Cool. It it's really reminds me more of a speaker's bureau than anything in that there is totally a middleman in between the speaker and the group that's bringing them in. And this middleman, which is in your case, Lori, for your region, it's you, but there's these all over the country um, and world. But um, this, this middleman then, or this middle woman, uh, really looks at the, gifted, the gifts of the speaker as well as the needs of the club and really does the connection the connection points. Is that is my understanding correct? Absolutely. And okay. uh, you know, and and it's a little different um, speaking for Stonecroft in the sense that, you know, generally as a speaker, if you have a speaking ministry, you're doing a lot of your own promotion or your own advertisement, if you will. Um, but in in some ways, you know, the Stonecroft speaker consultants and the regional speaker trainers are a little bit like having an agent. Um, right. They kind of take care of that exposure for you and that advertisement. Yeah, cool. And I know that it's possible, although this is not your typical scenario, but I know one of our speakers over at Women Speakers actually was speaking 200 times a year, but this is several years ago. But her story was just meeting such a need, and she was just everywhere with Stonecroft. And uh, so I know that it's possible to get a lot of exposure with Stonecroft if the story actually matches exactly what the need is at the time. Let's go on and talk about other than local meetings and or regional meetings, are there other ways that Stonecroft uses speakers? Yes, as Lorraine mentioned, uh, there is the military ministry which a couple of times a year or sometimes once a year, um, there will be a big military outreach and that is a specific type of training you would receive after becoming an approved Stonecroft speaker. And again, the need would be for somebody to have a strong military background or knowledge of military life. Um, but there are times when we have special events and special trainings um, you know, that are annual or a little bit larger scale than a monthly club meeting where we would draw upon our speaker list that we have. And if that speaker can 
folks that, you know, fill a need for, you know, a training workshop, for example, we would call on that person and ask them to share, you know, their knowledge or their skills for that particular workshop. Um, in my particular case, uh, I, for the last two years, I have coordinated, uh, along with several other people, uh, a conference called the Telling Your, Stonecross Telling Your Story Conference. And we have drawn from Stonecross speakers to help present training workshops that, you know, essentially train women to tell their unique faith story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, of course, all of the speakers that are considered for these positions are Stonecroft qualified in the beginning. Not always, but you, but we have more that we draw from, you know, on that list than we just than going to the outside. Okay. okay. Yep. And then let's talk about uh, a lot of times when I go speak, and I know this is true for so many speakers, we have books that we take with to sell, and we're able to really um, let people know about what else we do beyond what we can share in the 20 or 40 minutes or whatever. Um, how is Stonecraft about that? What, what happens at the Stonecraft meetings? Is there that opportunity? Yes. If you have a book that you would like to bring with you when you speak, that book does need to be approved by a lo- your local regional speaker trainer or speak- Stonecraft speaker consultant, um, and we would allow you to do that um, with the understanding that somewhere in your book the gospel is presented. Uh, we do not encourage or actually we don't have you bring if you have a bible study book that you've written um, because stonecroft offers a a wide range of bible studies already we ask that you don't bring those but if you have a book that maybe tells your personal story um, as long as the gospel is presented and reflected somewhere in there as long as that book has been reviewed by your local regional speaker trainer you are welcome to bring it and then we just ask that you would uh, pay 10% of any proceeds you earn from that to the Stonecroft Home Office. Okay. And then the last question I had on this on this one was, um, is there any kind of remuneration, or should a should a gal expect that she would come as a donation of her time, or is there is there any money exchange at all available through the Stonecroft speaking section? That's one of the great things about the Stonecroft Ministries is that you know ahead of time uh, what remuneration you'll receive. Generally, the remuneration only covers travel. Um, Depending on where you are traveling to or going to, the average honorarium is between $50 and $100 to kind of help offset some of those travel expenses. But the the nice thing is is that you do get a confirmation sheet and you do have a discussion with that club chairperson ahead of time, and so you will know going in what you would uh, receive for that speaking engagement. Okay, great. So if somebody is interested now in getting started with Stonecroft and they're either they're like, I just want to take the training and see what I think, or I just really am ready to go and share my story, um, what, what is their first step then, Lori? The easiest step would be to email connections at stonecroft.org and uh, just make it very clear in your email that you are interested in becoming a Stonecroft-approved speaker, and the Home Office will connect you with the, the person in your area that's that first point of contact to get your story developed for Stonecroft. Awesome. Well, I am so grateful for your time. Thank you, Lori, for being here. Thank you for your ministry. Thanks for being a partner with womenspeakers.com, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Marnie.
Well, that concludes the interview with Lori Harton from Stonecroft. And all of you who are listening, I hope that you'll do a couple things after today's program or even right now. First of all, if you know a mock coordinator or a Stonecroft coordinator, or if you know a Christian woman speaker or someone whose story you heard who really needs to get involved sharing her story at Mops or Stonecroft or even more meetings than that, I encourage you to share this link with them to this program, which you can get over at Marnie's, uh, if you just type in marniesfriends.com, then as soon as the show is over, it'll be on the right bar there at the top audio to listen to, and that's marniesfriends.com. Otherwise, you can come over to Blog Talk Radio and actually download the MP3 of the show within about 15 minutes after the program and share this with them. Encourage them that they need to tell their story, the story that God has on their heart. And these these tips that these uh, trainers today have shared with us, both uh, Jennifer before Alyssa and then uh, Lori after, are going to be really helpful to someone who's just wanting to get going in a speaking ministry with mobsters. You know of someone who already is doing a speaking ministry, this would be helpful information to her. And she also needs to know about womenspeakers.com. I was just having fun over at the front page of womenspeakers.com. If you scroll down under the U.S. map to help you locate speakers near you, it shows the featured speakers, and we have um, hundreds of featured speakers in there, which you can just go and scroll through, and you get to see the photo of the gal as well as um, her name and what city and state she's from. You click on the photo and get the full page profile, every detail about her so that you can see if she's a good fit for you. One of the nice things about womenspeakers.com is that we've laid out the pages so everything is what I call apples to apples. If you're looking at them right where their references are, right where their experience level is, right where the fee range is, and what year they were saved, what church they go to, uh, what their presentations are, a little bit about them, a little bio. They have an audio or video post. They're always going to be in the same page. And on the right bar, they have their contact information uh, as far as their social media contact information as well as any of the resources they have, which might include a calendar of events or books or CDs that they've done. Also on the left bar, a contact form, or you can use the phone number that's there. So using womenspeakers.com is a wonderful way to find speakers for your upcoming events. Also, if you are a speaker, you want to get registered there. There's both free listings and paid listings available. Um, the free listings are just text only. The paid listings include the full. Well, once again, thank you so much for being here with us this afternoon. Love having you along. Love, uh, love sharing life with you. And I hope that you will have a wonderful rest of the day. And we'll see you here next time. Bye-bye. Do you ever plan events for women like luncheons, teas, retreats, conferences, ladies' night out, anything like that? Over at Marnie.com, under the Events tab, you'll find theme sets. And there's 32 event planning theme sets. You can purchase them individually. Or if you're a member, you get access to all of them. To join, just go up to the shop button at the top. But under there, there are all these different theme sets. Each one includes templates for posters, bulletin inserts, tickets, you get event ideas and more. And categories, the theme titles include things like Victory and Jesus, Personality Type, Silent Auction, uh, Pearls of Great Worth, Gifts Galore, Spiritual Health, Overcoming Grief, Trip Around the World Event, uh, Soaring Faith Event, Daisies, Stars, 
fast and fabulous food events, heart notes, manger to the cross, keys to the kingdom, spiritual warfare, rags to riches, running the race, rodeo, princess, living water, women under construction, and so many more. So that's all at Marnie.com under the events tab. Are you ready for some serious personal and professional growth? At Marnie.com, when you click on the training tab, you'll find training programs for wife life and mom training. There's over three dozen modules in there with experts. Author training, over 16 hours of training with author trainers. Speaker training, over 25 modules with speaker trainers. Media training, over 24 modules with media trainers. Management training, again, 24 modules with management trainers. Women's ministry training, 28 modules. And event planner training, 16 modules. You can purchase each of the sets of modules separately. Or else, if you're a member of the mentorship program, which you can get at by just clicking the shop button at the top of any page, you can get at all of this for under $25 a month. So check out the training tab over at Marnie.com. Successfully maximizing the gifts God has given us is the best gift that we can give back to God. Are you 100% clear about why you're here, about how God defines success for you personally? Are you on track with God's plan for your life? The best life on planet Earth followed by the best possible eternity for you? If not, check out the Success Principles Intensive Training course over at Marnie.com. It's a six-hour online program that will change how you define and do your life from today forward. It's a biblical based approach to goal setting and achievement so check it out under the training tab at marnie.com did you know that in less than five minutes from right now you could be earning 50 percent commissions with marnie.com log into your account or if you don't have one already click the login and then you'll have the option there to create a new account it's as simple as adding your email address and your name and that's it and then you have an account at the bottom of any page click affiliate and you can start earning commissions from us right away you just copy your affiliate link and then share it with other people and you can share any page any resource any upcoming event even an upcoming radio broadcast Marnie.com and if someone comes in and if they ever buy anything because it's cookies that remembers your link and their computer if they ever buy anything you get a 50% commission so head on over to Marnie.com and start earning 50% commissions today <laughs> 